Wednesday, everyone. Not only is Wednesday hump day, it is also podcast day. So podcast day is always a good day. So my original guest fell ill and had to go and get checked. But one of my aces for this show, who's been on three times already, he uh, made himself available. So he's going to come on. I'm going to talk about redefining personal development. But first, if you are new and if you join me over on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. I haven't really done much in the way of promoting YouTube. I'm creeping up on 300 subscribers now, which is good because I had 25. So it's like, no, we're moving in the right direction there. But if you can, please subscribe to that channel. If you're joining me on Facebook, make sure you share this video because we're going to be dropping golden nugget after golden nugget all to help you. And if you're brand new and you have no idea what the hell I'm talking about, this show is all about overcoming obstacles, defying the odds, and helping you eliminate the excuses to clear the path for you to reach your goals. And oh, who am I? Let me show you. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. you got to know your work. And boom, that is who I am. All right, so before I get to the teachable moment of the day, I just want to go over a couple things. Tomorrow, we have all-star panel number three. And today's guest was on the first all-star panel, which was fire. And then the second one was just as fire. And I really feel that this third one, like, we're going to keep bringing it, like, at least once a month. So the next one after this one will be December 4th. And we'll be talking all about the season of giving. All right, so one other thing. I want to share a quote from my book that I'm writing. I know it's taken me forever to write it, but damn it, I'm working on it. So it says, you weren't born to simply exist and then die. Each one of us were born with a unique skill set, with a unique perspective on life. And without interference from others, we would naturally become who we were meant to be. By me, Robert B. Foster. So I want to share that again because it ties in with today's teachable moment. Damn it. Stop letting other people define you. Okay, stop letting people let you know what what you can and can't do or what you are capable of or what you can and can't come back from. Like I said in my intro video, I was told by a doctor that I would never run or jump again. And this past Sunday, this past weekend, I ran races 142 and 143. You know, so had I just accepted that diagnosis for my future then I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. So stop letting other people get into your head. Say, oh, you'll never be able to write a book. You'll never be able to make it to the Olympics. Or you'll never be able to dance professionally. Like Whatever your goal is, you 
control the outcome. Stop letting other people dictate to you what you can accomplish. All right. So with that being said, I'm going to bring back my guest. I'm not going to bother reading his bio because by this point, he needs no introduction. He's making his fourth appearance on the show. Again, he's sub subbing in for someone else. So he actually carved time out of his day to come here to share with us all. Let's welcome back the income savant, Leonard McDonald. Welcome hey. back, sir. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back. New background and a new yeah. place now. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so awesome that you said all that because literally I was like, when, when we spoke this morning, like, yeah, I think I'm going to bring up some stuff that I did um, on a show with Biz many years ago where we talked about how people walk around with price tags on them yes. and we just let everyone else put the price that of our value instead of putting our own value yep. on there. And so it's so interesting that you said that because we're just like-minded. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's why our conversations always flow. On yesterday's show, we were talking about that, like the difference between having a career and having an entrepreneur. I mean, being an entrepreneur. And now there's nothing wrong with ha having a career. I was just saying just the difference is, is that whatever that career is, they decide what your position is worth. You know, when you're an entrepreneur, you decide what you are worth. You know, right. so pe people will come come to me and say, oh, well, you know, I really want, want to get fit. You know, I have high blood pressure. You know, i got to get my cholesterol down. I'm borderline type 2 diabetic. And I go, oh, okay. Well, in my program, I can do X, Y, Z, and it'll cost you this much. Ooh, that's steep. And I'm like, what's the cost of living with everything you just said you have? <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? so, so it's like i'm not gonna discount my service because you think it costs too much you know and mm -hmm. so you know when you're in a career you don't you don't have that you just can't go into your boss and be like you know what you're paying me sixty thousand dollars but i feel like i'm worth 85 i mean i'm sorry you feel that way but this position pays 60 and if you don't want that i will find someone who is happy to make 60 <laughs> you know it's like that's, that's the difference Whereas we can say, well, I guess I guess we can't do business then because this is my value. You exactly. know, it's, it's yeah. like that's the, I feel like that's the power. So what are your thoughts on that? I mean, 100 percent agree with you. You know, um, uh, Dwayne Wade was just talking to Stephen A. Smith about the big three when they came together with LeBron mm. and um, uh, man from Toronto, Chris Bosh. Uh, and he was yeah. talking about what you know, at first he brought up how really, you know, there were big threes before them going back to, you know, Jordan, Pitt, Pippen, and Rotman. Mm. He said, well, he feels the difference was is that that big three was without the corporations. That was those players that made that decision that yeah. they were going to play together and everything. Mm -hmm. So I think I think we'll just say the spot on, you know, for the longest, not to down, you know, play people who work nine to five. Like everyone is needed in all these different positions. Everyone can't yeah. be an entrepreneur. Um, exactly. But, you know, my 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 view on jobs has always been like they're pawn shops, you know, <laughs> like they, yes. they, you, you come in and say, Hey, I have this time. What's you going to give me for it? They let you know you can either say, okay, or you can walk out, but <laughs> you know, they, exactly. they, they're the ones in control because you know, you're, you're deciding that your time is the thing that you want to use to make money instead of you know, using money to make more time for yourself. Yes. See, and you, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like this isn't, uh, this isn't for everyone. So this message is for the person that's in a career, but you know that you want more. That's what it is. You know, cause, this, cause like my, like my oldest son, like he's, he's 
destined to just, I don't want to say just, but to be in, in a career. That's just his makeup. You know what I mean? Like he needs, he needs the structure. He needs someone to answer to. Whereas I feel like both of my daughters are going to be entrepreneurs. You know, like they just, they just have that, but there's nothing worse. You know, I, I say on this show all the time, it's about clipping the wings. Like I, I had two, two birds when I lived up in New Hampshire a couple of decades ago and one of them was hand fed. And the other one I got from an aviary. So the hand-fed bird was super sweet, nice. You know, she would walk up my arm and just sit on my shoulder. The one in the aviary, like, she didn't have that human that human connection. So she was so mean. And she would just fly all over the house, and she's crapping on everything. And so I learned how to clip their wings. And, you know, I held it down, like, and I, I clipped her wings so she couldn't fly. And then I didn't realize, like, what I did to her. It was It was the worst possible thing as she's, like, you know, all they do is chirp, but you can tell the different levels of, of, of the chirp. And right. she was trying to fly and she couldn't do it. And she was just so sad. And like, and it hit me. I was like, you know what? Like, I, I took away the, the thing that makes her a bird, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> without without the wings, they're just another ground animal, you yeah. know? So like the wings is and the ability to fly is what makes them unique. And, mm-hmm. and I share that story is because as human beings, we do that to other people. So someone will come in with the big idea or I think I want to write a book. Like, what do you mean you want to write a book? You can barely string two sentences together. You think you're going to write a book? You know, and in that moment, we're clipping their wings. Yeah. You know, and that's like what, one of the greatest things. Well, I should say that's one of the worst things that we can do to sub, to someone else. Going back to the clip, to uh, the thing from my book, without interference from others, we would naturally become who we were meant to be. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, P- people play such a vital role, even when they don't realize it. You know, when I when I used to work for Frito Lay, man, long time ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I used to work for Frito Lay as a as a merchandiser, and I remember I was in Walmart. You know, I'm, I'm just doing my job, taking the box, taking the chips out, putting them on the shelf, and I see a guy walk by, and he just starts knocking on the different boxes, just slightly, you know, mm-hmm. as he walks by. And I don't know if it's his kid, but I think it was his kid walking behind him and literally just not the exact same way on the exact same boxes walking by. And so it was like he was showing his kid something and didn't even realize it. His, his kid was picking up on that. And he was just following in his father's footsteps. And so I, I use that just to show where we don't always know who's paying attention or who's watching or who's following the path. Yes. And just like you said, like there's so much power in in, our, in the tongue. You know, you have the power to uplift someone. Yeah. You have the power to break someone down. You know, <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and so, whenever you you are trying to do something, you know, we we've talked about your why in the past, but understanding it from this perspective that you have to view your why as the thing that holds up your vision. You know, you know, a lot of times we know what we want to do. Or what we would like to do, but we don't necessarily know the vision to get it done. And so when we start carrying around this idea that we want to be a vision and things come up, because things will always come up, like the power of your why has to be strong enough to continue to hold up your vision. Otherwise, there's nothing stopping you from walking away and just letting it fall. See, now everything you just said is spot on. But there's one thing that has to happen before all that. Okay. And this is this is the one thing that people struggle with is they don't even know who they are. Yeah. And, and I'm talking now on this show. So this is episode, which one is this? 171. 
So I did probably the first eight without guests. So you're talking 163 guests I've had on here. And I asked people, how would you describe yourself? And I'm talking, these are professionals with six-figure and seven-figure businesses that struggle answering that question. <laughs> you know, so the first thing, when I was towards the tail end of my time as a restaurant manager, I remember this one day, like stuff was just hitting the fan left, left and right. And my kids had something that night that I was supposed to go to, but a couple people called, called out sick. And as a manager, you can't just leave, but the place in shambles. So I was missing that event. And then somebody was complaining to me about something and I just snapped. And I just started yelling at everyone. I storm it into, into a, the freezer. I stopped punching the French fry boxes, you know, to just release the frustration. And then it hit me. I was like, why am I doing this? I'm like, I, I'm a happy-go-lucky type. I'm a motivational type. It's like mm-hmm. this, even though, yeah, I, I'm doing well in this industry. Like, I've gotten promotions. I've made lo- lots and bonuses. You know, I've gotten awards, you know, being re- recognized at uh, regional meetings and stuff. I was like, but... I, I have to be someone that's not naturally me in order to make this happen. And having that realization really set the stage for me to go into fitness and to now have this podcast and be speaking on virtual stage, stages all over the world. But I had to stop with that realization, like what I'm doing, yes, I'm making money. Yes, I'm supporting my, my family. Like, But inside, I'm slowly dying because this is not who I am. You know, like I shouldn't be screaming and yelling at people. I shouldn't be take, you know, taking out my frustration on the French fry boxes in the freezer. You know, mm-hmm. so I think people have to realize at first, like, who are you? And you'll you'll find in your circle, just start asking people in your circle, hey, how would you describe yourself? <laughs> and just watch how how much they struggle with it. You know, so on this show, I actually started having to tell people backstage before we go live. No, I'm going to ask you. I said, you know, I do my opening speech. I play my video. I do a, my teachable moment of the day. So you have about three minutes to piece together how you would describe yourself. <laughs> Be, because the first few shows, when I would just ask people, they'd be like, wow, wow, that's a good question. How do you not know who you are? <laughs> you know, so defining that is the first step. So what are your thoughts there? Definitely. You know, um, especially when you look at where we are, especially in this day and age, you know, we're told who we are. Yeah. <laughs> and so a lot of times what we have to realize is that just because someone says something about us doesn't submit that thing in stone, mm-hmm. you know, especially like a lot of times, you know, with kids, you know, sometimes kids become so frustrating to adults that they just blurt out things without thinking of how that stays with them throughout life. Yes. And they take that on in that persona and that now molds who they are, even though that was never who they were really meant to be. Yes. You know, um, so it, so like you said, it, it comes with taking time, you know, with yourself to actually discover yourself and who you truly are without the noise of the television or the radio or music videos or anything else trying to tell you where you're this way because of this. Mm-hmm. You know, like, <laughs> like I, I, I always look at like horoscopes and stuff like that. And oh, yeah. I'm like, like, I mean just as often as they're right, they're wrong too. So, like, But people just point out, see, that's right, that's right. I'm like, yeah, but this is wrong. <laughs> you know? But then people will, and, and it's so funny to me because people will like have, hold that, like I'm a Leo, so people hold that Leo. Like, me too. He's like, I'm a Leo, and like, because of this, this, this. And I'm like, 
I mean, you can change if you want to. <laughs> like, you know, like, I mean, if you see something in the Sagittarius, like you, you can like, make some changes within your life to do that. It doesn't yes. mean like, well, I'm this and I'm stubborn because of my sign. No, you're stubborn because you're choosing to be stubborn. Yeah, it's true. So, so, so true. Yeah, so, so like get, getting back to letting people define. So, like, as it pertains to personal development, you know, as I just said, the first step is to make sure you know who you are, right? So, one of my twin boys, this was probably a year or two ago, like, he comes home, he looks sad. I'm like, why are you moping? And he's like, you know, so and so said said that, that I'm dumb. And I said, Are you? He's like, No. I said, Then why are you mad? <laughs> you know, as, as I said, when you when you have fully defined yourself, there's nothing that anyone else can say that can shake you. You know, because I am also a Leo and I am a stereotypical Leo. Because I am very, <laughs> I am very out there, I am very in your face. I will let you know how good I am. it's like that's just what it is but when you project that people try to try to like they wait for you to slip up like they they just wait for it you know it's like ha there it is right there see you messed up i said yes i did mess up but now watch this you know what i mean so so like rather than zeroing in on the fact that they're teasing me for that one mess up i always say it's not about the setbacks about the comeback you know, exactly. and, and that comes from having your own self fully defined, you know. So, like, once you know who you are and, and you are strong in your core values, no outside force can shape that. And that's a huge problem with, with society because people, they want to watch TV. Like you were saying, you know, these outside forces are telling you how you're supposed to be. Like, I finally, finally uh, got rid of cable maybe a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And it's so nice to not sit there and just listen to all the negativity like you watch the news there's third there's like 28 minutes of negativity and then that three minute of let's show you something good right <laughs> <laughs> you know because unfortunately as humans we are programmed to the negative mm-hmm. you know like a lot of people don't don't realize that like our subconscious mind is designed to protect us so things that are negative, like oh, we have we have to look out for that. We're like what's going on over there? China's China's doing some laser beam mi- missile test. You know, it's like, like we have to we have to tune into that. But then people like us will come say, hey, listen, if you invest in us and you know X amount, amount of dollars, we can help you with. See, oh, that sounds like a scam. <laughs> right. Really. <laughs> yeah. You know. So so what what types of people do you work with? Um, so I work with coaches and consultants. Um, okay. You know, originally I was, I was I just going to this, you know, this little change, but, you know, my, my best friend passed and we were yeah. working together on some stuff. So originally, just for those who were like, hey, he changed. Well, <laughs> it really changed. It's just, you know, my, my, my best friend passed and um, I'm not ready to replace him yet. You know, yeah. so, <laughs> so just kind of shifted direction. So um, I help coaches and consultants. Uh, profitably build their company the right way so they never have to worry about getting clients again. You know, um, most people don't realize that there are actually four phases that a business or that a company goes through. Um, And the business is one of those phases, but we all start in the side hustle phase. It's just side hustle has been glamorized. And so now we don't understand that that's really the struggling part. (laughs) We just kind of stay there. Yeah. So I just, I just help people get through all of those four phases profitably so they can build an empire. Okay, like it. So so when you say empire, what does that look, look like for you? So when I say an empire, you know, 
everyone has their own definition, but what I'm specifically talking about is when you think back to like the Roman Empire, you know, you know there's there's a kingdom that's there, and you are the head of that kingdom. Now, before we, you know, especially us as Leos, get all bloated, you know, <laughs> without our scepter, you know, that means the brunt of the responsibility falls on us. So when you have your empire, it's because these these four phases that you've gone through, you've gone through it the right way to build the pillars of each of those phases up so that they don't come crumbling down. <laughs> so as yes. an empire, you have a community that's made up from the systems that you've created to bring the clients that you've made a system for bringing in all work in tandem together to build each other up and the community up so that this empire is talked about by the outside world instead of you being the only one talking about your empire. Great answer. Love it. <laughs> so now you had mentioned responsibility. So that that word uh, that that word gives me so much so much fits. Like not not the word itself, just the fact that so many people try to not take it. <laughs> you, know, you know, like people will come come to meet me in a gym. I'm like, oh, Rob, you know, the way in this week is gonna be hell because I had a wedding last week and I had a this, I had a that. I said, so all I'm hearing is that you made poor choices. <laughs> right. and, and and they're like, no, no, you don't understand. I said, no, you don't understand. <laughs> I was like, you invested in this program. For and then I list their their, their reasons. You know, because people join for different reasons. And I said, okay, so just because you have, that's called an obstacle. It's like you have to get through the obstacle. Like I've told you guys, never deprive yourself, but you you can do so without blowing what you're working towards. Because you can kick ass for six solid days, and you can ruin it on the seventh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just from one day of poor choices, you just negated six days of effort that you put in. I said, this, this is about responsibility. Like, and like, I post videos every Thanksgiving. Like, I go to my parents' house. I, I drink, I mean, not this full thing of water, but I drink a solid amount of water before I even get there. And I load up on turkey. I love the dark meat turkey. So I, <laughs> I, I load up on turkey and vegetables first. And then now I don't have much room left. So it's mm-hmm. like I get a little bit of apple pie. I get a little bit of uh, candy yams. You know, I get a little bit of of the good stuff, and it's, and I'm satisfied. Like it's enough. Like you don't have to gorge yourself senseless to have fun. Right. You know, and so it's, <laughs> like, it's like that. That comes back to personal choice. As I like, don't blame the holiday. You gotta blame you. It's like right. it, once you take that responsibility, then you'll start making better choices. But we always want to blame traffic. Oh no, it's not. It's not because you didn't leave early enough. You're, you're blaming the traffic. You know, it's like you're blaming the kid because you and the kid woke up at the same time, and then the kid threw you a curveball. Like, had you woken up an hour earlier, you could have got everything ready, dealt with the kid, and been on the road on time. You know, like that's one of the biggest things that I struggle working with people in is that they want to deflect all the blame. Like, no, it's you. Right. And and it's, you know, it's funny because all of those things, it's like, it's not the first time traffic stopped you. It's not the first time the kid threw a quicker curveball. <laughs> you know, so it's yeah. like, you know, if it's the first time, okay, I get it. It's a new experience. You know, when I took my first uh, trip out of the country, you know, uh, we went to Venice. Uh, okay. My girlfriend at the time, we went to Venice. It was February, all those things. We come back, there's a layover in uh, an airport in Germany, beautiful airport, like pristine, until you go underground because it was an overnight layover. <laughs> oh, no. And we walked in there and I was looking around like, 
I'm not sitting anywhere in here, not on the chairs, not on the floor. I put my luggage down and sat on that. And that night, I said, from now on, I will only get direct flights <laughs> internationally because I now know what can happen. And so now I'm preparing just in case that happens again or making sure it won't happen again because I'm not going to be on a lay- lay- an overnight label. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like my, my kids know that I despise being late. You know, so like if we're going so, so, uh, last Sunday, we were going to, to an escape room. It was like an hour away from, from here up in Massachusetts. And so I told them, I was like, all right, we're leaving at 2.40. And they're like, well, what time is the thing? Like, it's at 4. Like, well, why are we leaving at 2.40? So because we're leaving at 2.40, you guys just be ready to go. When I come upstairs, you guys be, you know, dressed, coat, coats on, teeth brushed, deodorant on, and we're out at 2.40. And so we're leaving, and, and you know, my, one of my twins, he's, he's like, I still don't understand why we had to leave so early. And then, like, as we get into Massachusetts, there was an accident. It was like, give or take a 20-minute delay. And then we still end up, because we, we had to be there, I feel like, by 3, 3.30. They wanted to stay a half an hour early for briefing and everything. And so we ended up getting there at 3.27. And I said, see, this is why you leave early, because I would rather get there 20 minutes early Rather than rolling in 15 minutes late. Right. You know, so it's like you guys need to understand because when you're late, you're messing with other people's timing. Yes. Like when people come in, come into the gym late, I, I was like, guys, it's like you're, you're disrupting the flow by coming in late. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's one thing if something happens, but when it's all the time, it's you. <laughs> you know, if you're late five days in a row, it's you. <laughs> You know, there's one, right. one thing if you do everything right and a tractor trailer ro- rolls over. I mean, that stuff, that, that stuff, you know, life, life just happens. But when it's mm-hmm. every single day, you got to look in the mirror now. And I want to take this time to throw this out there. I mean, yeah. you know, we never shy away from topics. So I'm going to just throw it out there. You yeah. know, I despise CPT. I'm like, it doesn't exist. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Every time someone says, I'm like, no, what's the time? <laughs> Don't give me that because I'll get there and I'll be like an hour and a half early thinking I'm a half hour early because you use yeah. the CPT stuff. <laughs> yeah. And for those that don't know, CPT is colored people time. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't exist. We're all on the same time. <laughs> exactly. exactly. It's, like, it's like if you're late all the time, that's that's on you. That's just how it is. <laughs> and, and that's not even for the CPs. You know, because there's, there's plenty of people. It, it's, just, it's just lack of time management. And I take it a step further and say it's a lack of respect. Because again, when you roll in late, you're messing with other people, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, you're thinking only about you. It's like, if if I'm invited somewhere, even, even though I know it doesn't take that long to do, to do the briefing, but they want us there at that time. So we're going to be there at that time. Right. You know? So like when you, when you're consistently late, it's just a total lack of respect. So um, when you hear personal development, what does that mean to you? Um, it means that you're striving to take yourself to the next level. You know, you're, you're not content with where you are. And so you have to develop yourself to become something, you know, not to continue the the the, uh, the, the, the path of growth that you want to go on, wherever you're trying to get to. Yeah. So that's what I always think of when I hear personal development. It's like someone who's actually, either someone who's actually trying to take that, that leap to the next level or someone who's trying to teach and help someone else take that leap to the next level. 
So, so, so now define what, what does next level mean to you? So, I mean, it's interesting. One of my mentors once said that we're always operating at our max capacity. You know? mm. In order for us to do more, we have to first grow so that we're able to do more. So it's, it's one of those things where you realize I'm at my max right now and I'm not satisfied with it. So I'm going to make the decision, which means you're cutting off any other option, but that decision that you made to now take a leap forward and learn something new so that I can then be, grow and become something new or something more. Yes. Yeah, it's like when I when I hear, hear personal development, it's because, you know, you hear it everywhere. It's kind of like my, mindset, you know, like you, you hear it so much it almost becomes watered down. But per- personal development, it's it's really be- becoming who you're supposed to be. That's yeah. that's really what it is. It, and going back to, to how we started this, where, where I said, who are you? <laughs> you know, it's like, who right. who are you? Like me, I would say I'm a motivator. I'm an athlete. I'm a father. And I'm someone who just doesn't give up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if I had to de- define myself in the simplest terms, that's it. Have, have I have I been perfect throughout my life? No. Have I done things I, I haven't been proud of? Yes, of course I have. You know, as as a man, did it take me a long time to embrace being vulnerable? You know, because like as men, we're we're told, oh, if you cry on stage, you know, that's that that's weakness. Yeah. But then, but I realized, no, that's that's the ultimate strength. Like when my sister had her brain aneurysm burst, I was doing a a, a women's empowerment group, and I was as I, as I was getting into her story, and just you having flashbacks to. You know, being in the hospital and not knowing if she's dead or alive. And then, you know, we finally get to see her and she was unrecognizable. And, you know, just reliving that that moment, you know, like it choked me up. But let me tell you, everybody was dialed in to that, to, to what I was saying. And, like, there wasn't a dry eye in there at all. And, like, that that was when it first, first hit me. It's like, all right, it's okay. You know, and this was just like maybe five years ago. <laughs> so, you know, at the ripe old age of 42, I figured out, you know, like, it's, all right, being vulnerable is pretty powerful. So, so like, that was a step into the personal development. Because people think, oh, you have to go away and you have to take a Tony Robbins course and you have to do this and do that. It's like, no, it's, it's just embrace who you are. If you're a sensitive person, step into it. You know, if you, if, if you feel like you should be a leader, step into that, you know. If, if you're someone who was an athlete, but maybe you had kids, got a career, maybe you let, you let yourself go a little. And that was me too. Step into that. Get back to where it is you want to be. You know, mm-hmm. like to me, it's like people think personal development is learning stuff that like you don't want to do. I got to learn some <laughs> new boring stuff. It's like, no, take the stuff you want to do and step into it. Right. And that's actually a positive spin because personal development never stops. When you make bad choices, that's still a part of personal development. Yeah. (laughs) So you can you can you can operate with personal development going in a positive direction or in a negative direction. Yes. So it never really stops. Yeah, exactly. Like using using uh, sports as, as an as an example. I put together a volleyball team and we joined this this league and it it it's a league for fun, but you know, I'm competitive. You know, and so, and so you know, the, the other people on, on my team, you know, they're they're, mo- they're pretty much competitive too. And we we steamrolled the league, like we were we were undefeated. So we joined a different league because we wanted some more competition. 
and we played this past Saturday, and we got our asses handed to us. <laughs> so, so like, all right, this is a this is a different ball game here. <laughs> and, so, and then even today, you know, we we have a group text where we're talking about you know videos that we we, we can watch about chemistry, about getting getting t- together at my gym and just work working on working on the skills. You know, but like it, it took that ass kicking to humble us, you know, because we steamrolled the other league and all day Saturday we're texting like, you know, we're going to kick ass tonight. We're going to kick ass tonight. And we got lit up, <laughs> you know, so, so like I said earlier, it's not about the setbacks, about the comeback. Right. You know? so it's like, about the comeback. <laughs> yeah. Right? So it's like we could just, just take that ass kicking and be like, oh, okay, we're just, we're just gonna, gonna, no, it's like, you gotta, you gotta step up. It's like yeah. to, to me, that's what next level means. It's like people, people think it's, it goes, you have to be like Mike, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Tiger Woods. Like, no, that's like elite level, <laughs> right? right? Like the next level is we were here. We're just gonna literally go to the next level. Right. You know, and, so it's like, and to be honest, you know, they went through their next levels before they got to elite level as well. Exactly. So it's a process. Exactly. You know, and and again, taking taking those guys like. Michael Jordan, you know, made it to the NBA. LeBron James made it to the NBA. Kobe, you know, Tiger Woods made it onto the pro circuit. And then they advanced even further. Yeah, they weren't you know? mm-hmm. It's like they weren't complacent. Like, there's people in the NBA now that we've never heard of because they're just glad that they made it. Yeah. You know? And it's like you're being complacent. You know, you're making money. You got a little bit of fame. But there's those people that want more. You know, like I was saying earlier about the people who are in, in a career. Like, I'm not saying like you shouldn't be in a career, but if you're in a career and you really don't want to be, right. this this is the message that's for you. Or if you're, say, an assistant manager and you want to become a manager and you think, oh, well, I have to work here for 15 years or I have to do this. No, you don't. Know what you do? You go to the CEO and you say, what do I got to do to become a manager? Mm-hmm. Like. That's how you do that. Like every time I've advanced, I've made it known. That <laughs> I've made it known, but I also let my work ethic display it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like uh, Jen Gottlieb. She's one of my one of my mentors. She always says, "Be so good that they can't ignore you." Yeah. And and that's what I was doing back back then. It's like when a position came up, I was like, "You know, there's no better option than me." Like mm-hmm. there, there's just not. And there was once where one of the other managers and now. It, Granted, it was only five dollars, but still. But we both got raises. But she got five bucks more than me. And and I went right into my manager's office. And I was like, "Are you trying to tell me if stuff's hitting the fan and you need another manager with you, who you gonna call first, me or her?" I was like, "Answer me honestly." And he's like, "He's like Rob, you know, uh-uh. I, 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 <laughs> answer my question." <laughs> right? I was like, "Answer my question," and he's like, "You." I said, all right then, make my pay reflect it, please. And back so like I said, it was all it was only five bucks. You know, it's like and I, I didn't try to bring up the race car, I didn't try to bring up like seniority or any of that other stuff. I just went on straight merit. Mm-hmm. Straight merit. Like when stuff's hitting the fan, who do you want? Me or her? And sometimes that's all it takes is to just make it known what you want. Right. You know? And that you believe in yourself and you know yeah. your value. You know, that, that was the key. You you knew your value. You didn't go in that tenant. You're like, no. whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I'm like, don't try to manage your talk, man. Like, I ask you a simple question, give me a simple answer. <laughs> so that, that was that was that confidence in knowing your value, knowing what you bring to the table, knowing not just your value overall, but your value to that company. 
<laughs> because at the end of the day, what matters most to them is the value that's brought to their company. So yep. going in that that route with it was actually the the, the best move to make. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and confident confidence is everything. It's everything. I mean, how how does that that saying go? Like uh, a, a a fool can't lead a team team of leaders, but a leader can lead a team of fools. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, so it's, true. It, it is. It really is. It's <laughs> so true. Because like I've been in restaurants where we we've had we've had that talented crew. But the general manager was just—he was just not there, you know. It's just like, I, like I don't want to—I don't want to talk bad about people. Just, just as a manager, he—he he just wasn't the right one for that position. Like we were in the bottom of the barrel in almost every category, and so they put me in there first as the kitchen manager, and I, I was there with him for about a month, and then they finally swapped him out with a different GM, and we shot up to the top of every category. I mean, it took about sixty days or so. But we mm-hmm. shut. We completely changed the culture in that place, you know. And and it's just it's just a matter of showing people the right way, you yeah. know. It's like that place. It was so dysfunctional because we had a fool leading the team of leaders. Mm-hmm. Is what it boiled down to. So now you brought in two leaders, and we were able to maximize everyone's potential. And then we, we like we turned that place. I mean, it was it was unreal. When I got there, I think on the entire schedule they had twenty servers. The minimum they should have is 45. Wow. <laughs> so, like, on, on a Friday night, we would have to take tables out of the dining room and put them in the back because we didn't have the staff to serve people. But, you know, people don't understand that. They would walk in and be like, I see six open tables right over there. <laughs> it's, it's like, like, you're missing the point. We don't have people to serve you. <laughs> it's like, that's why. So, so we had to start taking the tables out. You know, but, but it got it got to the point to where we were fully staffed up front. We were fully staffed in, in the back of the house. Like all of our cut customer service reviews, you know, went through. I was like, you know, we weren't perfect, but we were like 85% and up, you know, mm-hmm. which for a restaurant is pretty solid because some, some people can be brutal on those things. But, <laughs> but yeah, but it's like we, like we set the expectation for other people. But now where you flip it is you got to set the expectation for yourself. You know, like I was saying earlier, I put myself in a position to get these promotions. Like, I didn't care that so-and-so never cleans his station or so-and-so never restocks when she's done. I did what I had to do. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like I decide my work ethic and I decide how valuable I'm going to be to this operation. Right. You know, so decide not to be. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like, the the people that that you're working with, how, how much of that do you instill in them? Um, so, so one of the things that I, that I love telling people about is, is, um, a guy who actually sells trips to go find Bigfoot, you know, that's like his whole business you know, he, <laughs> he brings in like, like 20 something grand a month from this. And it's like, show me the reviews, yeah. <laughs> show me someone who said they found Bigfoot, you know, <laughs> because yeah. people are so worried about so many different things. And one of the things perfect, it's like, this guy is selling trips. And no one's coming back and saying they found Bigfoot. <laughs> you know how we know? Because we would know because it would be on the news. So we can throw that question out. <laughs> I, got, I got to ask you, I got to ask you, are you still part of the Genius Advantage? Yes, I am. So have you jump, jumped on Billy's, uh, his 90-day thing where he's building the e-commerce site? No, I didn't. I, I, I thought about it, but because I wasn't on e-commerce, 
and I was staying focused on my current game plan. Okay. That was why I didn't do it. Yeah. All right. Well, well the only way I'm at because it goes hand in hand with what you just said. So one of his e-commerce stores is selling nothing. Right? <laughs> so like when he first brought up the concept, I'm like, where is he going with this? But he actually had all these products made where say it'll be like a bottle like this. It'll be empty. It'll say nothing on it. And he'll put it in a box so you can give, so, 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 like by saying, what, what do you want for Christmas? And you say nothing. So then <laughs> I, I give you a gift of nothing. So he's, he's got like little coin holders. He's got shoe boxes. He's got like little jewelry boxes. And you open up and it just says nothing. I was like, that's actually brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> because, well, all those people that always say nothing. Yeah. Yes. It's like, what do you want? I want nothing. So now you can give the gift of nothing. Like it's absolutely brilliant. You know, you know, when he originally, I I would say maybe it wasn't an on-purpose test, mm -hmm. but when he was selling all of his stuff oh, and the yeah. upsell was nothing. Yes. And I think he grew <laughs> that idea from that yep. because so many people, I think it was like, like 60 something percent of the people who, who bought the everything yes. also added on the nothing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which wasn't a bottle that said nothing. It was literally nothing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like who would have thought? Yeah, <laughs> like, you'll crazy. be you'll be surprised. So like I'm I'm running a a challenge, right? It's a 28 day, day challenge, and so the people who manage my my website they also manage the Facebook ads, okay. and so he put out a suggested price for me of 97 bucks, and I was like, well, let me throw it out at 197 and see what hits, mm -hmm. and I got 11 people to buy it at 197. <laughs> so, you know, you know, so, so again, so going back to the whole confidence thing. So when I sat mm -hmm. with these people and I went over everything, like this is what you get, you know, I said, and because like the, for the 28 days, we're going to end in the middle of December. So I said, and I'll throw in the last two weeks of December. And oh, they're like, okay. bet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean? you know? so it's, it's, it's all about positioning, you know, and it, this is something I, I had to learn for, for myself, as, I, as I, I think I've told you in other episodes, you know, being a college dropout and, you know, you get all those all the stigmas about being a college dropout that, you know, you're going to be end up pumping gas or flipping burgers or, or whatever. And, you know, how are you going to work, work with people? You know, you're not a certified life coach. You're, you're not a this. You're not a that. I'm like, you know, but I position myself as one. <laughs> like it's it's really that that easy like i position myself as as one people are like what you have to do to, to become a storytelling coach i picked the title <laughs> <laughs> that's what i did i picked the title it's like when we're talking i can i can craft a story from everything that you're telling me like there's nothing i'm gonna learn in any course that's gonna enhance what i do mm -hmm. it, it's, it's just not you know, it's like I've, I've taken other courses. Like that's how I was able to to create mine. My speak about about yourself program. Mm -hmm. From being in other courses, I'm like these these aren't deep enough. You know, it's it's like they're not deep enough. So for 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 me to just like when I was talking about my sister that had had the brain aneurysm, when I go into that full story, there's just so many teachable moments and so much emotion that's in that story. Like when you tell it properly that story is going to move someone emotionally, you know? And so, so many people, they just want to talk about what happened to them, but, but they don't want to talk about the teachable moments and, you know, the stressful parts of that decision. So I was on this podcast called happy being well, and 
she's also I mean, she's not a storytelling coach, but like she she does she does help people people with that. And as I was going through my process with her, she was like, you know, she's like, I've been through many courses, she's like, and I've never heard anyone break it down just the way you did. You know what I mean? So so like so, sometimes we have everything that we need already, but it goes back to who clips your wings along the way to make you doubt that you have it. And um, go, going on off of what you said, you know, even the the ninety seven intro that he wanted you to do, you know, no knock on them, I don't even know them, but yeah. it's it's the normal thing to do, you know, it, yeah. it's like it's the the quote unquote first step, yeah. and um, especially for people like you said who are you know still at a in the corporate world nine to five looking to do something more, you know, they they say it takes two to three years to become profitable, and it's like who says that, you know, like. Yeah. Why do they say that? Because it doesn't take two to three years to become profitable. <laughs> like, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But what we do is we listen to that, and then now that becomes the excuse of why we haven't become profitable. We're not supposed to be profitable. <laughs> it hasn't been exactly. two to three years yet. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I mean, honestly, when you break it, it's not even that they're talking about being profitable. They're talking about where you stop losing money. <laughs> so you're not yes. even breaking even yet. Yeah. But the truth is, like, that isn't about your ability, that's about their process. Yes. And, and we have to stop linking someone else's process and using that as a barometer of what our abilities are and what yes. we're capable of because it has nothing to do with it, you know? And so yes. it's like you said, you were like, I mean, I know me. <laughs> I know what I'm offering. You know, I, I know it's a killer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, uh, one of my other mentors, Steve Larson, he, he, he uses this quote, they voted with their wallets, and they yeah. agreed with it. <laughs> yeah. True. So true. So you know Kurt Powers. So I had him I had him go through the full Speak About, about Yourself program, like, all the way through. And I we, we chatted last week, and he started it with, he's like, man, he's like, I, he's like I, I owe you. I owe you a lot. He's like, that program seriously changed everything for me. You know, and he's like, when I first started it, he's like, you know, he's like, some of the questions that you were asking, like, I was, I was kind of doubting why you were asking those, those questions. He's like, but now that it's gone all the way through, right, help them write a third, well, I think, think it was like 20, 20, 25 minutes, but I helped them write a keynote speech, you know, based on what we went through throughout the program. But the, the biggest thing is, was showing them how to take the things that he had gone through and pluck out the teachable moments, you know, because like what happens is, as I said a minute ago, we want to talk about what happened to us. You know, so like I can put like tomorrow is the two year anniversary of, of my dad's passing. And I can just talk about how that makes me feel and, you know, how, how it sucks not having him here. Or I can just look at his picture every day and be thankful that I had him for 45 years. You know, and, and pluck out pluck out that, that gratitude. Like t- tomorrow's all-star panel is about gratitude. And I and I chose that date for, for a reason. You know, it was like so just to let people know, like it doesn't have to be a sad day. You know, it was like I'm celebrating the fact that I had him for that. There are people who don't know their father. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like or, or someone who lost their father when they were young. So like I'm not gonna be selfish and say that, oh, this is a sad day, I'm gonna shut out the world. It's like no, like I'm I'm coming at it with gratitude, 
you know, like just all the things that he taught me and being at my games, being at uh, my track meets, you know what I mean? And being, being there when I was break, breaking records and helping me, helping me with homework, showing me how to fix things in the backyard. You know what I mean? Like I, I was able to have all those experiences, you know? So like when you, when you take these situations and you make them bigger than yourself, that's when they become powerful and inspirational. Yeah, all of our moments, you know, a lot of times we look at them and we only look at ourselves in those moments. We yeah. don't understand, like, a lot of those moments are actually for other people. You know, the, yeah. the the struggles and trials you go through and then when you overcome those things, you know, those are all different things that create relationships. You know, yeah. as you're growing and going through it, you create relationships. Once you get past it, you create relationships based on that. And then once you're remembering it, you're creating relationships based yes. on that. So it's like different levels of relationships you create along the way. And everyone doesn't always move at the same speed. So you may get to a point where, okay, now you're able to get past it and, and get through yeah. the day a little smoother, but this other person isn't there yet. Yeah. So now you're there to help pull them up, you know, and vice versa. They may now, you know, get past you and, you know, kind of getting back to the ordinary day of life, moving yeah. around, you know. A lot of times people, you know, they'll lose someone close, like a, like a husband or wife, and then unintentionally neglect the kids. Yeah. So in a case like that, maybe someone up here who's now bringing you up, making sure that you're paying attention to those kids because they lost someone too. Yeah. So it's all about, you know, understanding where you are and understanding who you are. And then knowing that it's not just a position that's strictly for you. you know, yes. It's for you to help others and also for you to be vulnerable, you know, for others to help you as well. Yes, see, and that's that. That's perfect because again, getting back back to Kurt, I, I know he he tunes in sometimes. So sorry, sorry for blowing up our private conversations, <laughs> but like, but he was talking before about he wanted to write a book, but he felt like he wasn't where he wants to be yet. So he he felt like he didn't have have the right to write a book, and I was like, dude, you are X amount of years old, you <laughs> you have all of that experience that you can write about. You know, it's like, unless you're writing about how to become a millionaire, okay, you're not there yet, but you can still write about, I mean, there's freaking kids who write books. Kids! <laughs> they, they can barely wipe their backside and they're they're writing books. You know, it's like, don't sell yourself short. Like, if that's what you want to do, start the process. It's like, mm -hmm. I'm writing mine. I mean, I'm not at my end goal. I mean, is, is there ever an end goal when, you, when you're an entrepreneur? I don't know. You know, but <laughs> it's like, I know in... And I don't, I guess we could say lifestyle, I guess, you know, cause like I control my schedule. I can come, come and go, go as I please. I mean, I'm not at, at my financial goals yet, but it's like, I feel like I've done enough in my lifetime that warrants me writing about it, you know, right. and just, and just, just like you said, it's not about me. It's right. what teachable moments can I put into this book where someone can read it and be like, that was me. All right. If he got through this, I got yeah. this. You yeah. know, that's what it's about. So it's not about me. Have I done enough? Am I this? Am I that? It's not about you. It's like, take mm -hmm. what you've done, you know, like wh where it says it in, in my intro, you know, everything that changed was when I was told I would never run and jump again, you know? And I took that moment. It was like, you know what? Screw him. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's like, screw him. Like, this is my body. It's like, I, I'm in control of how, I, how I'm going to come back. And then mm -hmm. documenting that journey that's now an inspirational story rather than, oh, Rob was in a sport and he hurt his knee. 
You know what right. I mean? Like, like that, that's not, not going to move any, anyone. Let's say, but, mm-hmm. but getting that diagnosis, here are the steps I took and here's what I've accomplished since, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, then the big takeaway is stop letting people clip your wings. Right. Because there's just like that doctor told you that he's possibly told others, other doctors we know yep. have told others. And there are people who haven't walked since then that probably could have. It's just they convinced themselves that they couldn't based off of just taking what the doctor said. Yes. And even with donating donating the kidney to my sister, it's like I don't ever talk about me. I talk about the fact that she was hurting. <laughs> you know, she she was sick. She was skipping dialysis. <laughs> you know, it was like it was like she's going to die if she skips dialysis. Right. It's like, it's like you can't do this. You know, so people people are like, you know, well, what were you scared? Were you this? Were, were you that? And like my sister was going to die. It doesn't matter what I was feeling. It's like, yeah, three days prior, I, I had a little moment of, you know, what ifs, because, you know, I'm a practical person. But, <laughs> right, regardless of where people think we came from, right, wherever we came from, thought we should have two lungs, mm-hmm. two ears, two nostrils, two kidneys. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So it's like there are some things where where there's one, but there's two of those. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like, all right. So what's going to happen if we if we remove one? You know, and, and people are like, oh, well, you know, it happens every day. I didn't ask how long I had. Car accidents happen every day. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so that's not a viable answer. It's like I want right. like like what what exactly happens? Like what like what are my risks? I said, so once she's safe, like, I don't want to end up myself on dialysis, you know, but, <laughs> but after I was like, no, what, you know what, right now, this moment, it's about her. Yeah. I was like, so let's get this done, get her back to, to being her no, normal pe- pe- peppy self. And there were times where I forget I've even done it because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm healthy. So when, when I go out and about and I speak about that, I, I just speak about how my life really hasn't changed. I just have to make sure I'm very well hydrated. That's really it. It's like I eat. We should be anyway. (laughs) Exactly. You know, I eat mostly healthy as as it is. You know, so like if someone's unhealthy and they don't eat well, I mean it's a little different. But I just go around telling people, like, look, if if you're on the fence with doing this, like, just do it because you're gonna save someone's life. Like, you're gonna enhance their quality of life. You know, you're gonna help them go to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's so much in your story that I love. Like your attitude leads the way. <laughs> I, think, I think your attitude is just perfect for everything you've been through. It's like, could you imagine your life without your attitude? <laughs> I, I just can't picture any of it. It just doesn't fit. See, um, and that and that goes back to my dad. That was him. He he just had this never quit attitude. Mm-hmm. You know, like he he was a he he was an engineer. So he was constantly building stuff. And he's not the type that, I mean, he could draw stuff out, but he would just like throw out, throw out some measurements and go out there and just start start banging metal and sawing wood and everything. And if he ran, ran into to a roadblock, it was just, oh, all right, all right, plan B, all right, plan C, all right, plan D. He, he's down to plan P. And then, he, then he'll come in the house, done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so he went through all those roadblocks, all those setbacks, all those additional trips to Home Depot. Now, you remember, I grew up in the woods, so yeah. Home Depot is a troop. <laughs> you know, so Home Depot is like, I think from, from their house, it's like 25, 30 minutes. So I know I know in the bigger states, that's not a big deal. But in Rhode Island, 20 minutes, you're on the other side of the state. 
<laughs> you know, so so but but that that's where that came from. So but let's spend the last five minutes talking all about you. So where can people people find you and all that good stuff? So um you can actually find me on Facebook, Leonard McDonald, Coach Leonard. Um you can also go to my website if you are looking to build your business the right way through the correct steps and and you know, a lot of people teach how to get clients, and my focus is how to make sure you never worry about them again. You know, you're otherwise you're constantly in this "how do I get clients" mode. Whereas, you know, as long as you build these pillars the correct way, you know, you you don't have to worry about it because it's already laid out. It was you took care of that in the first phase, <laughs> so so now everything else after that is is just built properly. You know, yeah. one of the things I talk about is you know for a millionaire, you know. Um, there's different levels, you know. You're a millionaire at one million dollars, and you're a millionaire at nine hundred ninety-nine million dollars. Yeah, we all know which one we would prefer, but <laughs> <laughs> but there's stages. So everyone builds pillars in their business. It's just the foundation isn't sound, and if that foundation isn't sound, all it takes is a little bit for that entire thing to crumble. Yep. You know. So I, I spoke about Venice earlier. You know, one of the cool things about Venice, you know, is that the way they build their foundation, their, like their homes and their doors. Their doors are built slanted up yeah. because it's constantly sinking. Mm. So because the foundation wasn't built properly, they have to do all these things on top of the land to try to compensate, but it's still sinking every single year. Okay. And so it's just, that's just a, even though Venice is beautiful, I, I highly suggest everyone go. <laughs> but you don't want your, your, your business or your company to be on that type of foundation. And so you can go to getclientsnextweek.com. And from there, you know, I have a conversation with people about their business because, like, I I am truly genuine in the fact that I just care about people's well-being. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I come on here, I spill everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, I, and, I, and, like, if, if you are a coach or a consultant, you know, like, they're so powerful in regards to the lives that, like, you, like, you know, you've mentioned two people whose lives have changed because you spoke to them about how to speak about themselves. Yes. And so when you did that, you not only changed their life, you know, you transformed them, which now allows them to now change the lives of everyone connected. Yes. Yep. So that one person you transformed turns into hundreds of people that you indirectly, indirectly change. Yes. And that, that's always just been like a, a really cool thought to me, like how I can help so many people. <laughs> like it's, just, <laughs> it's just entertaining to me. I, I like the idea of it. And so those are the areas where you can catch me, have a conversation, and um, see what we can do together. Love it. Yeah, see, and and that's the part where I said about when, once you make it bigger than yourself, right, that's when that's when everything comes into clear, clear focus because everyone's always I, 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 you know? It's like not I. It's like, all right, what what can I do? It's like, what what, what can I do? And, and as you know, with the whole Speak About Yourself program, it all started from all the Zoom meetings last year, you know, with people saying, all right, everyone take time and introduce yourself. And people really sucked at introducing themselves, you know, like that's where the idea was born. So it, it was something, you know, it's not some wild thing. I had, excuse me, I had to go out and learn. Like mm-hmm. in the gym, I, I teach people confidence and positive self, self-esteem already. So it's something I was already doing. And I was like, let me just transfer those principles into speaking. And then I transferred the same principles into business. Like if someone wanted to level up their business, all right, well, we got to start with where you are. Okay, what's been holding you back? Eliminate all those excuses right up front. 
mm-hmm. you know, and then from 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 there we're gonna assess your your support system. All right, now what what do you want? <laughs> so so once we got those three out of the way, now we get to the what do you want? You know, because mm-hmm. too too many times we we start with the what do you want? Right. You know, it, it's, it's like we gotta start with where you are. <laughs> you know, so, so like when people come in and I get them on the scale and I measure them, like we're doing this right off right out the gate. Yes. <laughs> I said, yes, just like with, with a GPS. You don't just put in put in your destination and go. No, it needs your starting point. Right. I said, so, so, do we, so we have to really dive deep into your starting point because we're going to learn a lot of information about why you're where you are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that why is important also. Like why <laughs> you're where you are. And mm-hmm. then that ties into the eliminating the, the excuses, you know, casting the vision and then set setting the goal. So it's like, Going into New Year's, I'm sure, sure you see this all the, all the time. People people set the goal without the vision. Yeah. And, and that's why by January 18th, they've fallen <laughs> off already. You know, it's like you got to sit down, you got to close your eyes and like, what do you see? It's like, really see it, see it deeply and then feel it. And you know, you feel it when you start tingling. You're like, ooh, <laughs> that feels good. You know, like that's how you know it's real. And then once you felt it, then you can set that goal and get it done. You know, so I'll give you the final words. Um, so if anything, what you've gotten out of this is to just take action, move forward, because until you do, you're never going to see everything that you need to conquer. So I'm trying to figure it all out <laughs> and, and, and allow that to, to give you an excuse for inaction. You know, just take action and then also look out. You know, got a podcast coming. Yeah. <laughs> Rob is going to be the very first guest. The very first guest is called uh, Coaches of Impact. So yes. it's a perfect setting for him. He's going to kick things off uh, January third, twenty twenty two. Nice. I am down one three twenty two. All right. Thank you very much, for, especially on this short notice for coming in and dropping some more wisdom for us. Always available for you, man. Love it. <laughs> love it. All right. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna talk talk to you back backstage. All right. All right. Thanks, man. All right. So that was Leonard McDonald join, joining us again. Again, he's got a, a new podcast dropping January 3rd. So once once we get the uh, the link and all that, I'll get that out there to you guys. Because I said this is his fourth time on the show. So I obviously believe in him. And I believe in his message. And so I'm going to throw him under the bus right now because I asked him to do a Spartan race with, with me next month down in Florida. And he, and he ducking me, I think. You know, you know, he ducked me. No, you know, he's going to get that work out there on the course, but it's all good. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much for tuning in. Remember, all-star panel tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern. We got Brandy coming back. We got Andrew Cap. We got Katie. We got Sly Jenkins, George Milton, and Dave Combs. And every one of them killed in their individual episodes. And this is going to be a great, great show tomorrow. So be sure to tune in tomorrow at noon. If you haven't caught the rest of this one, make sure you go back and watch it from, from, from the beginning. If you can spend an hour watching Netflix nonsense, you can spend an hour watching stuff that can help you change your life. Have a great day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. 
To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Next time, shut up. <laughs>